Well, welcome to the Empower Church podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and ultimately empowers you to influence people and transform cities. Enjoy the message. How good's a 5 a.m. service? Is anyone keen? Tomorrow, anyone excited? Starting a new service. It's the Nick service. Just kidding. No, how good's this 5 p.m. service, though? Loving it. Is anyone loving the extra hour just to like... <laughs> Pastor Joe is. <laughs> That's exciting. That's awesome. Hey, um, if I can be honest with you, I'm a little bit nervous. I've been like preaching a while, so it's been some time, but I'm excited as well. Maybe it's nerves, maybe it's excitement. Who knows? But this boy is shaking. Um, I'm excited though. I'm very excited to be speaking uh, to us as Empower Church, uh, launching our new series Uh, which is present company included. Now, who's ever been in a conversation or said the words uh, present company excluded? Whoever's, who said that before? Hands up. Few people, no one. Excellent. Uh, I guess we're not a hands up congregation. That's fine. Um, But, you know, it's like one of those moments that you have with uh, people. You could be like, oh, I just get really annoyed when people do this around me or whatever. And then, you know, you're with a group of people. It's like, oh, well, present company excluded. Like, not you guys, but I'm talking about that person and that person and that person over there that, you know, they do this thing. Or, you know, something that you struggle, not struggle with, but, you know, you, you're annoyed at or you don't like. Or maybe you've been in a conversation where someone said it's like present company excluded. You're like, oh, they're not talking about me, but they're gossiping about someone else. Excellent. Um, And we are kind of using this and kind of doing a little bit of spin on it to say, well, as we talk about relationships in the kingdom of God, as we talk about marriages, which I'm highly qualified for, one month, uh, five weeks in now, uh, which is great. I use that joke AM. Hopefully you weren't there because I just use it again. But as we talk about marriages, as we talk about friendships, as we talk about dating life and just relationships, friendships in general, um, we want to use the line, present company included. We, we want to have people around our lives that we can actually talk about things. We actually want to uh, empower the church, funnily enough, that's our church name, to do relationships the way of the kingdom. And uh, because guess what? They're best done when we do it the way of God. Uh, always, always. And uh, so I thought we'd look at some quotes from Jesus tonight. Is that okay? Can we look at some quotes from Jesus? I've got our first one up here. Um, this is Jesus or woke Jesus, uh, how he said, you know, the Great Commission, go into all the world and preach the gospel, but never make anyone feel uncomfortable. Brutal. Okay, this is an actual Jesus. This is woke Jesus. It's an incredible Instagram page. I've only just found it on the World Wide Web. And um, it's incredible. Basically, if Jesus was woke 2,000 years ago and uh, had all these ideas, let's go to the next one, what Jesus said, or woke Jesus. Just stay positive. Guys, it's all good, you know? You know, you're dealing with this, that, and the other. Just stay positive. You'll be fine. What else did woke Jesus say? Once you become a Christian, you'll never have another problem again. I'll make all your problems go away. Who can say amen to that? Did Jesus ever? No? Okay. Okay, if people are actually genuinely getting concerned, this is not the real Jesus. He's an imposter known as woke Jesus. This is not what he said. Let's go to the next one. Uh, My disciples, do you see these crowds? If you want to gather followers, you must stay away from addressing controversial subjects. That was definitely Jesus. He definitely said, no, we're going to look at the real Jesus tonight and uh, look at what he said about relationships, because that's the way we actually want to do life and not listen to a bar of what woke Jesus is talking about there. He's an imposter. 
But my question for us tonight is if we want to live the way of the kingdom, live the way as, uh, as we believe the terminology is when we make a decision to Jesus, uh, we become born again. That's the language that we start this new life in Christ and we walk with Jesus. I want to ask the question, uh, really, how did Jesus do life with people? Because that's the answer to how we want to do relationships with people of the kingdom. How did Jesus do relationships with people? And I believe he did this one thing and many things, but he did this one thing that we're going to dive into tonight. He stayed in step with the Spirit, in step with the Spirit. Why don't we pray as we hear the Word of God? Lord, I pray that, God, my, my words uh, that I speak right now wouldn't be mine, Lord, that you'd hijack this meeting and you would speak through me. I pray right now that our hearts, like a, like a jar, like a vessel, would be open for you to fill and do whatever you need to do. God, if things need to change in our relationships, God, let it be a conviction moment. God, if we need encouragement, God, encourage us in those moments right now. I thank you that your grace and anointing is here to help us in every situation. We thank you, God, for tonight. In Jesus' name and the people of God said, amen. Amen. Well, um, if you didn't already know, I am a youth pastor. I love youth. Youth is amazing. Had an amazing time Friday. How good the news about in Calandra High. Uh, that is so, so exciting. Uh, yeah, we can give God some praise for that. Many times, uh, the youth team and I have been praying for that for so long. And uh, it's just a, it's a breakthrough moment, as we were singing about before. Um, and that was a powerful song as well. But um, I am a youth pastor. I absolutely love it. And I remember hearing this story um, about kind of in leadership, but just kind of, I heard this story that, that someone told this time about this youth pastor back in the 80s. Um, and anyway, he was uh, a great youth pastor. I didn't know him personally, um, or maybe he wasn't the best youth pastor, uh, as, as the story will continue. He uh, wanted to learn how he could grow his ministry, uh, as most, you know, people in leadership, or, you know, you want to win a city, you want to do great things. So you're like, all right, how can we get more youth in the building? Maybe we'll do, you know, free chocolate. Maybe we'll do this, that, or the other. Well, anyway, he come up, came up with this idea himself uh, to do, do this new initiative to see thousands come in the droves, multitudes. And I've taken some wisdom from his book. Um, he doesn't have a book, but what this uh, certain youth pastor did in the 80s, as the story goes, is that he actually uh, said that the, the, at the church, we're going to be having this big event, it's going to be amazing, and Michael Jackson's actually going to be there. Michael, like the Michael Jackson, is going to be at our youth group, at the church, make sure you're there. So they set up flyers. Uh, you know, they did them all around the city. Their social media was non-existent, so they weren't doing anything then. Uh, but they were just uh, plugging this thing like crazy, friends inviting friends, all that things. Turns out on the Friday night, I think it was a Wednesday actually, thousands of people showed to this little small building. <laughs> like thousands. Sevens to grade 12s, young adults, adults and seniors. All to this youth event where the team was probably far past their capacity, but they fit all these people in and they didn't. You know, some people were outside where this pastor, you know, he was kind of the main man doing everything, and he kind of got up and he said, hey, everyone, um, turns out Michael Jackson couldn't make it. But I do know a guy, and I want to let you know about this guy called Jesus. <laughs> And he went on 
to probably see no one save that guy because he was an imposter. But hearing that story, how funny is that? Like, you know, Seventh Commandment, I think it is, like, thou shalt not lie. He literally blatantly lied that Michael Jackson, he full well knew that Michael Jackson was not going to be there at all. I'll, I'll be honest, I'll call for what it is. He's a fraud, he's a phony, and I should not have told the teenagers that Justin Bieber's going to be here this Friday. But, but, that's okay. I've got to make some calls this week. I'll make it happen. No, but he's a, fraud. he's a fraud. He's a phony. It wasn't true at all. And when it comes to our relationships, the world and society would like to paint the picture that our relationships can be better than what they say that they, uh, that they can actually be. The world actually says that your relationships can look like this and it's going to be amazing. But you get, guess what? At the end of the day, like this unfortunately not very good youth pastor, it will always end up in disappointment of coming to the church, coming to the show, and actually not receiving what, you, what was promised to you in the beginning. The world actually operates a different system. And the problem, church, is that I can see sometimes so many Christians operating relationships like the world instead of how the Bible and Jesus says relationships should operate. So we've got a problem. We're almost setting ourselves up for disappointment. But I want to ask, why the Jesus way? Why are we looking at the way of Jesus? It's because the worldly way of relationships will always lead to disappointment. And when we do it God's way, it will always end out the right way. Always and every single time. Doing relationships the Jesus way in the Bible is the way in which we live blessed in our relationships. And I'm going to give three things really quickly of why they will be blessed. Number one, we can grow out of unnecessary stress, underlying tension, and shallow arguments which we never engage with in the first place. I know it's getting real right now. Number two, living the Jesus way is how we flourish in healthy community with a strong support network around us. And thirdly, the Jesus way is the only way we were designed to do relationships. So I would say that's a pretty convincing, well, I hope I've convinced you. I'd say that's a pretty convincing argument of why we should do things Jesus's way and not the way of the world. But we're going to get into the Bible because that's very important. So we're going to look at Galatians 5, and I want to pull some things out of this here tonight and then look at the life of Jesus. It says this in verses 22 to 25. It says, but the fruit of, sp- uh, of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. This is the key to us living like Jesus and living and walking in the Spirit. The key in this verse is that if we live in the Spirit, You and I, if you've received Jesus and you live for Him and you follow Him, we have now been born again to now live for Him. We now believe through faith that the gift of salvation has been given to us and we now believe in God. But guess what? God didn't just say, I want you to live in the Spirit. He said that I want you to step in stride with the Spirit. He said, I want you to believe, but then I want you to start living in the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. Because the thing is, is that Christianity doesn't end with belief. 
it actually continues with our actions. God actually wants and desires a transformed life over just some beliefs in our mind. God would desire a transformed life. In Galatians 2.20, it says, the life I now live in the body, you and I, as we sit here together today, in the physical, in the flesh, the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The way we live our life matters to God. The way that we use our body matters to God. So much so that one day you and I will all need to give an account for how we used our body and our lives before God. This is not Nick speaking. That is the Word of God that we will all have an account. So guess what, church? If we want to live the right way, we do not want to operate how the world does relationships. We want to operate how the Spirit does. I love this that Mark Sayers said. He said, our world and our culture are always zigging, whilst the Spirit and the kingdom are always zagging. Now, what this means is that as the church, or as the world, I'll start with the world, as the world is going one way, it's quite easy to see what the Jesus way is, because it's going to be pretty much exactly the opposite thing. And we can identify and understand how to do relationships through this way. They're on opposites to each other. If the world is up straight normal, then the kingdom of God is an upside down kingdom, as it is called. It's real life stranger things kind of stuff. Is anyone into stranger things? I'm not. It's a show if you didn't know. So I've got two things of how we stay in step with the Spirit. And I want to treat this like a dance tonight. I cannot dance. I did year eight dance when it was like forced upon me. I thought I could dance. And I believed until year 12 I could. And then I got told, like, Nick, you cannot dance at all. And uh, it was really, really hard for me to deal with that. No, it wasn't at all. I'm a terrible dancer. But I remember just our uh, wedding night, which was so amazing, Pastor Joe and I, we did, like, and made up this little dance. It wasn't, um, we didn't make it up. It wasn't, like, this elaborate thing. But it was, it was more swaying. Has anyone swayed before? And, and uh this way went from left to right, left to right. And this is how I believe God and His church desires His church to live, in step with His Spirit. The way He moves, we move. And we don't stay out of step. If the world steps this way, then these are the two things where the Spirit steps this way. The first one of this is where culture steps to self, the Spirit steps to sacrifice. Where the, where the world steps to self. It's all about me. In this relationship, you're here for me. You're here for my benefit. I desire what you do for me over anything else. The Spirit actually zigzags the other way and says, it's actually about sacrifice. It's actually about how much I can lay down my life for you. It's actually the opposite of how the world will operate, where the culture zigs, the kingdom zags. And I'm unsure of where to find in Scripture where God laid down His life for somebody else. So I'm not even going to go there. I think it's quite obvious. We can see the picture of Jesus dying on the cross. And how do we know how Jesus did relationship with people? He laid down His life. He sacrificed. Philippians 2 verses 3 to 5 says this, and man, this has challenged the heck out of me in the past two months. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. It's not Nick speaking, that's the Word of God speaking. 
and that challenges me to the core. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. It goes on to say, let each of you not only uh, look not only into the own, uh, to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Where culture steps to sell, the Spirit steps to sacrifice. And what does this mean for us? It means that when an argument breaks out, that inevitably it will. It means that when we could step to self and defend ourselves and put up barriers, what we do with the Spirit is we step to sacrifice and say, how can I understand it from your point of view? How can I understand it? How can I lay down my life to see it from your perspective? If we're offended at someone, and maybe we didn't even need to get to that place yet because we could have stepped to sacrifice over here. If we're even thinking about getting offended, how about we take that time to step with the Spirit and step to sacrifice and be like, you know what? I have no right to be offended at this person when Jesus gave it all for me. I have no right for the debt that was stacked up against me. Jesus paid it all, and yet I have this small thing against someone else. I'm going to step with the Spirit to sacrifice, and that is the place that God has for us in our relationships. If someone didn't invite you to the party, step to sacrifice, because there's no worse party than a pity party. Of going, why me? I wasn't invited. I can't believe I'm not there. Why did they do it for me? What we're doing in that moment is we're actually stepping with the world and we're stepping to self and making it all about us again. We have an option, we have a decision, and we have a mandate as believers right now to always be those people that step to sacrifice every single time. And just on this note, a very practical is be the person And I know I'm kind of talking about in general, but I'm kind of talking about friendships as well here. Be the person that you actually want to befriend. Already have been that person. I know so many things in my young adult and even teenage life that stirred up inside of me so many times that I was like, I looked at my life and I was like, you know what? Why doesn't anyone ask me to go hang out? Why doesn't anyone encourage me? I just really needed some encouragement today. Why didn't someone do that to me? And I would just constantly step to self, and I would just throw myself a little pity party, and I'd have confetti and everything. I'd have the whole works of this little pity party over here. And then God had to remind me, and this has only come on new revelation really in the past couple of years, that God is the main character in this story called life. God is the main character. And guess what? As believers, we're supposed to imitate the main character. We're not supposed to do our own little quest or story in this life. We're called to step with the Spirit, to sacrifice and give our lives. But I want to encourage you, some young people here, you're like, why, why, why don't I get to hang out with them? Why don't I do that? Start to be the person who sacrifices, who has disciplines, who decides to live for Christ and not yourself. Watch what happens when God and what God will do in your life as we decide to put Him as the main character and not ourselves as the main character. We step to sacrifice and not to self. Because living for yourself takes about the same time as it does for a once-boiled kettle of water to get cold. It takes a few minutes. Anyone ever done that before? You know, puts on, you know, the kettle for a tea or a coffee, and you know, you go and do something for like just a few seconds, just a few minutes. It's like freezing. It's like outside today, it was freezing. 
I need a jumper for it. It only takes a few minutes to get to self. But living sacrificially is an intentional thought, action, and discipline that we learn over a whole lifetime with God. We can either choose our own decisions or our discipline and devotion, but we can't have both. We can either have ourself or our sacrifice, but we cannot have both. And like I said, if we want to treat relationships the way that Jesus did, Jesus sacrificed his life for you and I on a cross. This is why I believe that the gospel is supposed to be the thing that we read every single day. It doesn't exactly mean that maybe you're going to the gospel story every single time, but the Word of God reflects the nature of Christ all throughout Scripture, of saying, sacrifice, give your life, be the person, humble yourself, don't think of yourself more highly than you should, be the person who humbles themselves before God and before others. We have an option in our relationships, do we choose self or sacrifice, but we cannot choose both, and let's look to Jesus as our example. Second one. Where culture steps to hate and division, the Spirit steps to love and reconciliation. Where where the world chooses hate and division, and I want to harbor on this for just one point, because this is what our world says, and it's so twisted, and it's so not the design of what God has for us. Well, if they offended me, I'm just not going to talk to them again. If they say something... Just passively, aggressively, let them know their place. Has anyone ever been there before? Just like saying an off comment. And we're talking about dating relationships, friendships. You're just going to make that really snarky kind of comment to let them know that, yeah, I'm a little bit mad at you right now. This is the world. If they broke up with you, avoid them until they're somebody that I used to know. Right? That's the world. Just avoid, just hate, just bring division. If they're not making you feel good, get rid of them. If they're not going to tell you your own truth, then just don't even worry about them anymore. But guess what? Where the world steps to hate and division, God says, the Spirit of God says, I'm going to go to love and reconciliation. Jesus is in the business of reconciling bridges. Where the world is famous for burning bridges, the kingdom is known for restoring bridges. It's an upside-down kingdom. It's a sidestep kind of kingdom that does not operate like the world. This This is the words of Jesus, not woke Jesus, real Jesus. He said, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, here's the flipping. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Have you, have you ever genuinely prayed for your enemy? Man, it's hard. But we don't live the kingdom of this world way. We live the Jesus way. Because we're born again. We were once born in sin, but now we're born again into the kingdom of light, into God's kingdom. We operate in a different way. Some young people here, you've got the theology that, that, that all you need to do if they offend you Uh, just break off contact with them. You don't need to talk to them again. You don't need to deal with them again. That is a worldly concept of hate and division, where God says love and reconciliation. 
God is actually calling you to restore and to reconcile yourself back to those people. And rather than not dealing with that situation because it's hard and tough, actually to grow some spiritual muscles and say, I know this is hard. I know I'm the one who burnt the bridges, but I've got to reconcile because that's what God's calling me to do. There are some things in this life that are hard and there's some things in this life that are easy. And most times I find that the hard way is actually the Jesus way, but God graces us every single time. The Holy Spirit can only pour out on your faith step. He can't move when you don't step. This is why when we live in the Spirit, we are supposed to walk in the Spirit. Because if we just live in the Spirit and have great theology and have great belief and believe, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm going to heaven one day, but we don't live in the Spirit and walk in the Spirit, we're actually half-hearted and lukewarm and not doing what God has called us to do. Not my words, Jesus's. If you would once, if you would deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me, you will find your life. But if you try and save your life, you will lose it. We are in the business sacrificing for others and loving and reconciling. Because like I said, reconciliation and unity sit at the heart of the gospel. And if you're struggling to love and to reconcile, like I said before, it's going to come back to that place of getting back in the gospel. Your relationships will flourish when you're in the Word of God every day. They will. And then we keep in step with the Spirit. Because here's the deal. You can only walk in the Spirit when you're filled with the Spirit. Because a glass can only spill what it contains. We've got to be filled with the Spirit of God so that when we're struggling and in those times of heartache, we can pour out on other people. Here's the final thing that Jesus did. There's Pharisees standing all around. We want to see how Jesus did relationships. Pharisees standing all around. They drag this woman into the middle, the center of this mob mentality. They question Jesus and they're like, Jesus, how about this lady right here? She's in sleeping around. She's had more than one husband. She's been doing wrong things according to the law of Moses. What are you going to do? And Jesus said straight to her face, I can't believe you've done this. That might be woke, Jesus. Jesus says, after all of them had left because they were going to stone her, he looks with his eyes of love and reconciliation and looks at this darling woman who has a story who was made by God, says, daughter, your accusers have left. Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. That is the heart of Jesus for relationships. Love and reconciliation. Not just love and reconciliation, love and restoration. Restoration. God's calling Empower Church to be a restoring kind of community. That when we stretch out our hands, you better believe other people are stretching out their hands and taking us as well, taking our hand as well. You better believe that as we begin to pray and we begin to sacrifice and we begin to love and reconcile, you better believe that this community will look completely different. Come on, do you believe the Word of God, church? That this stuff actually changes things? Because I do. Jesus is calling his church to be a sacrificial 
over-excessive, loving, reconciling, and restoring church community. And it starts with you and I's decision tonight. Come on, will we step with the Spirit? Will we step with the Spirit in the small things, in the big things? I want to finish with this because I think it's just, it really just sums up everything that we're talking about. Philippians 2, 3 to 5, and then we're going to pray. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. This is the heart of Jesus. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Jesus gave it all for you and I, so we can live for him. Let's pray right now. Lord, I thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for your people. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit. That, God, you don't say, just do this on your own, church. You say, here's my spirit. Go and change the world. So, God, in our relationships, when it comes to the small, when it comes to the big, when it comes to the married life, when it comes from the friendships to the dating to the, just the people we can meet on the street, God, Lord, we want to be in step with your spirit. God, we know that there is no other life outside of you. So God, help us. Help us forgive where we need to. Help us reconcile to the people that we need to. Lord, we, you're our only hope, God. We need you in these times. It's so hard sometimes to do this, but God, with your spirit, all things are possible. So God, we thank you, Lord, for your strength today. In Jesus' name, amen. 